Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. The three cards we shall look at today include Association for the Healing Place of All Nations, led by Dosteo Bisaka, Seruranda Spiritual Foundation, led by Yosewafi Mugonza, also known as Vambi Baba Babuwe, and the third one is Gwajwa Navasa's cult, based in Sembambule district of central Uganda. We'll start with the association of the healing place of all nations. The first time I heard about this cult was when my auntie, somewhere in Bushenyi, used to go. You know, every so often there'd be a man coming that is a, a prophet of God that was um, healing people. And uh, she used to go and, and, and come back with uh, some water which he said was holy water. And I later on got to understand that the leader of that group was called Of Sovozi. Of Sovozi means almighty, by this time a human being. <coughs> this group is also known as Itambiro Ryomkama Ruhanga or Mahegona, a Ryomu association. It was founded by a man called Dostel Bisaka. He was born in 1930 at Kaboiji, Kaboizi, Bujuni, Kiware District, northwestern Uganda. His headquarters of his cult is at Kavyemi, Mohoro, Chiware District, uh, northwestern Uganda. His major books of doctrine, the one they follow as the Word of God, which is his own sayings and writings that have been compiled, is called the Book of God of the Age of Oneness. We are one in the Lord God of hosts. This unity has ended. You know, that's the name of his uh, quote-unquote Bible. <coughs> he has got members from Uganda, Democratic Republic of Congo, Rwanda, Canada, and Tanzania. And once in a while they come and congregate at his headquarters. But he's got branches. He's very organized. He's got branches. Uh, one of them is in Nansana uh, on Hoima Road. That's one of his Itambiros in Kampala. This group was started by Bisaka, he was born in 1930, a Roman Catholic catechist. So he comes from a Roman Catholic background. He was trained and worked as a primary school teacher for many years. He has a lot of interest and is quite talented in music. He was actually a choir master. He composed songs praising God and some of his songs, which are like hymns, have been incorporated into the Roman Catholic hymn book. But in 1980, he says, he got a revelation from God who revealed to him that he, Bisaka, was God of Sovozi, or the Almighty. According to him, he says, God is in four persons. We've known the Trinity. But of Sovozi, he says he got a revelation from God to say he's the fourth part of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God of Sovozi. That's what he says. It sounds like a laughing matter, 
but there are people who believe him and worship him as God. He started getting converts and followers around him, for whom he promised healing and deliverance from bad luck and all other problems. What are some of his teachings and practices? Bisaka and his followers claim that he is the Lord God of the power of God, the supreme fighter in the hosts of angels of the Lord God who is invisible. Number two, he claims to have powers to heal all diseases by touching the sick people and those who pray in his name. So those who are not in his presence can pray in his name in his absence. And they come back and give testimony that when I prayed to God of Sawazi, he appeared to me in a dream and all my problems went or I got healed. He prays for rainwater, which he says becomes holy water and encourages his followers to sprinkle it as a cure for all manner of diseases and good luck. So they carry this holy water, when they are sick they drink it. When they want to stop evil spirits attacking their house, they sprinkle it. He says that his mission is to unite all mankind under, his, under himself as their spiritual leader. So he's starting in Bunyoro. He wants to take over the whole of Uganda, the whole of East Africa, the Great Lakes region, but he hopes that at, the, at the end of the day, the whole world can recognize him and worship him. Then there will be unity in the whole world. He preaches against the Bible, and he calls it a source of disunity, and he points out that the different Christian denominations all claim the Bible as their source, but then they differ. So why aren't the Roman Catholics and Anglicans and Baptists and Pentecostals all one? It's because of the Bible which uh, disunites them. In the earlier days of his organization, he actually used to burn Bibles. He organized, you know, because many of his followers were once Christians, especially Roman Catholics. So he says, come, bring your Bibles, bring your rosaries, bring uh, talismans and other traditional herbs, and they would burn them as a sign of converting uh, from Christianity or Roman Catholicism to his own religion. His followers don't congregate on Sunday or Saturday for worship, but they meet uh, three times every month for worship. They meet on the 2nd, on the 12th, and on the 22nd of every month. They have got why they call it Tambiro, or places of worship, or healing, in different locations. That's why they come. And I've attended some of these uh, worship uh, to see what they do. He encourages his followers, the men, to marry as many women as they can afford. In Islam, they talk about four. In Obsawazi's religion, you can marry as much as you can afford. He claims that uh, in the world there are more men than women. And because some of the women can't get husbands, they end up becoming prostitutes. So as a solution to prostitution, all the men who are able, in terms of material <coughs> wealth, can marry as many as they can. He discourages followers from praying in the name of Jesus Christ because he says the time of Jesus Christ has expired. It used to work a long time ago, not anymore. Don't pray to Jesus. He won't hear you. He doesn't exist. He's not here. 
pray to our Sovozi. He enforces a uniform dress code during worship, where his followers, young or old, men or women, have to put on long white tunics as a sign of holiness. On the 2nd or 12th or 22nd, you will see a lot of people, all of them in long white kanzus. And he himself puts on this uh, white kanzu. And if he's visiting a place, they would, they would lay their clothes on the road. You know, because when Jesus went to the Jerusalem, you remember? They were putting their clothes and, and leaves and fig trees. But his followers put uh, clothes to lay a carpet for him to walk on. And they compete in giving him money. Because the more money they can give, the more he will pray for them and they get blessings. His followers are forbidden from wearing shoes, hats, headquarters at the richest places of worship called Itambilo. He said, uh, this is a place of healing, it's a holy ground, so don't cover your head or put on shoes. I want to give a quick biblical uh, phrase. You know, why is he a cult according to the Bible? And I'll mention a few points. We know that uh, there is only one God. The Bible teaches that there is only one God, and all others are pretenders, including Obsovosi. The Bible is the word of God, and it's not a source of disunity. Number three, Jesus Christ has not expired. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so His time can never expire. Number four, it is only the Bible. And no other book that is the authentic word of God, not uh, the book of uh, oneness. What are some of the things that attract people to, to join him? His religion appeals a lot of those who are puzzled or confused by the different Christian denominations. You know, they're saying, Why should we go? If all of them say they are Christian, why, why are they different? So when someone comes and says they are different because they are wrong, they get confused and follow him. It also appeals to those who are looking for an African Messiah who lives among the people. You know, he says, Jesus um, made sense to the Jews and the Palestinians. But for me, who is African, you are born in Africa. <coughs> God doesn't know you, except me, God of Sovosi. So come, and I can pray for you. He also appeals to those who are looking for simple rules and traditions to follow as a means of being holy in front of God. You know, he's got a few commandments, but the biggest one is give your money to God, who will receive it in person, or bring gifts to God in person, and then um, he'll deal with your problems. The second group is uh, Cellular and Spiritual Foundation. This is, was founded by a man known as Josewafe Mugonza. He calls himself that is his uh, spiritual or religious name. He was born in 1937 in Kalisizo Rakai uh, district. But his current headquarters in, is in Fairfax, Virginia, in USA. And Rakai, Kabira Rakai, in western Uganda. He's published one major book. One major book has been published about him. It's called Bambi Baba, Redeemer of the New Age. That's what he calls himself. He's the Redeemer of the New Age. 
Let's hear a bit about his brief history. He was born in Raqqa, as I said, central Uganda. He started off as a herbalist. He was also a diviner and a healer. He was Omufumo um, Muganda. That's what you call him. Uh, he was famous in his locality. Lots of people used to go to him uh, to, be, to hear about their future, uh, to get medicine, to protect them. And his highest formal education is in uh, P2. He's actually a P2 dropout. But he's a very, a very intelligent uh, man. Over the time he has learned English, he's not very proficient. He's learned English, but most of his, te- most of his teaching is in Uganda, and then he's got other people who translate uh, for him. In 1969, you know, so he was practicing in Chotera, Kalisizo, but in 1969 he linked up with some Indians. Uh, especially those who are religious. <coughs> so, linking with these Indians, they sponsored him to go to India. And when he was in India, he was initiated to become a guru. While in India, he was told that he was actually a god in human form. There was a god in him, and he was god, but he didn't know. So in India, he discovered that he was actually a god, or a living saint. So when he came back to Uganda, his um, teachings changed a lot. In 1975, he gathered a number of followers around him. He went to Kabira, and he looked for some caves. And he told the people that these caves, this location where there were caves, um, is a very important sacred spiritual place. It is a place where they were crazy used to stay. But now, as a modern Muchwezi, Muchwezi are demigods. So he's come back also as a Muchwezi. And this place in Rakai, I visited the place a number of times, is going to be the center for his new kingdom, where he's going to be worshipped. He also said, this cave is also close to Lake Victoria, and he said, in Lake Victoria, there is um, an ancient city of gods, the Machwezi. They used to have a city there. But now, as the new Machwezi in human form, is going to build a modern city at that same place. So that the city on the ground links up with the city under the water of the gods. And then he said, those who want to join him, they needed to sell their property, sell their land, sell their cows, and donate them to him as God, so that he could take care of their needs. So he started a commune, and people came from Nyabushozi and from Tanzania, you know, to come and live with him. <coughs> but then, with time, he started conflicting in the community. He grabbed schools, he grabbed land, there were court cases. They ate the money and got finished. So in 1993, he relocated from Rakai, went to India, went to USA, and he has not come back. But he's still controlling through remote control. His followers in Rakai, his followers in other parts of Uganda. He's also done some recruitment in USA. 
especially the black Americans who are looking for a black God. He's <coughs> recruited quite a number of them. More recently, him and his followers have initiated the Lake Victoria Free Trade Zone, which is supposed to put up a modern city in Rakai, whose center is this spiritual city. But he presents it as uh, a modern free trade zone. The president of the free trade zone is Mrs. Gertrude Njuba, who is also the president of Seruranda Spiritual Foundation. The governor of the Lake Victoria Free Trade Zone is somebody known as Venunura Eyenunura Nunumisa, and that was his personal assistant for a long, long, long time. Was a personal assistant to Bambi Baba Mugonza, but is now the governor of the new free trade zone. I've done a lot of research on this particular cult. I've given my report to the government, you know, of a long time. And a lot of people complained, forced the government to set up a commission of inquiry into the Lake Victoria Free Trade Zone. Sorry. Uh, they've done listening in different parts of Uganda. Their report is not yet out. What are some of the major beliefs and practices of Seruranda? Uh, Number one, Mugonza claims to be a god in human form. He and his followers refer to him as his imperishable glory. His title is HIG, his imperishable glory. That's how they refer to him. He is also referred to as a divine perfect born saint and a living master. One of the things that have shocked me in my life was visiting his shrine in Rakai. This is a cave that is underground. And as I entered this cave with their followers, I discovered that there was an altar. First of all, there are no chairs. So there are mats and grass. And then, somewhere in front, they put uh, a portrait, a picture of Mugonza, dressed with um, a, a white cloth. So, they still have a seka put on a kanzu. But this guy has a piece of cloth he ties around his, uh, like a mlalo, hmm? ties it from here to here, white cloth, <coughs> and he has his picture there. And then, when his followers come, they bow down, they go down on their knees, and they prostrate with their face in front of him. Like, like the Muslims worship. That's how they worship God Mugonza. He initiates his followers into meditation and astral travel, where their souls leave their body and commune with his soul in other realms of existence. You know, he claims that because he's a God and he's a spiritual being, when you become his follower, he initiates you. And then he trains you. And every night, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., you go out, you close your eyes, and you meditate on Mugonza. And when you meditate, he will appear to you in the spirit. And then you will take your spirit, he claims, and they believe. You will take your spirit out of your body. He will take you on a conducted tour of heaven. You'll see angels, you'll see God, and then you'll bring your spirit back into your body. And I've interviewed many of his followers who are so convinced 
that though he lives in the US, every day is with him. And then he says, because he can take them to heaven, when they eventually die, they'll go to heaven, because he's taken them before. Um, so his followers believe that one day, Mugonza will be able to take them to heaven. He also teaches reincarnation. He says, if you don't meet Mugonza and worship him, you will die. And when you, are di- when you die, your spirit will not know where to go. Sorry. Your spirit will not know where to go. <coughs> so it will come back and be born as a snake, or a goat, or a cow. Until one day you discover Mugonza, you recognize him as a god. He initiates you, trains you. He takes you to heaven a number of times. When you die, you eventually go to heaven. Or he takes you to heaven. So part of the, one of the things he teaches is reincarnation. That uh, animals are indwelt by spirits of people who died but couldn't find their way to heaven. So in his group, uh, eating meat is prohibited because you might eat your grandmother or your grandfather. <laughs> We didn't discover Mgonza. Um, Mgonza also teaches that, as Ariana said, uh, his mission is to build in Rakai a new spiritual city, which is dubbed Sesamirembe, a city of peace. And he says this city will usher peace in Uganda and ultimately the rest of the world once the rest of the world recognizes him as a good human form and they worship him. Mugonza and his followers, they don't recognize Jesus Christ as the Son of God, necessary for salvation. They teach that uh, Jesus was one of the many living masters, but his time has expired. So he was he's a living master, sent by God for the Palestinians and Israelites who lived at that time. But because he's no longer here with us, at least in physical form, he can't help us. The one who can, the new living master who can help us is Mugonza, who is here with us. Um, the biblical appraisal, Mugonza claims to be God in human form. But we know that there is only one God and no other human being should claim to be God. Number two, Mugonza and his followers worship him, sorry, Mugonza's followers worship him by laying prostrate before his photograph. But we know from the Bible that only God should be worshipped and no other creature deserves to be worshipped. Number three, there's no archaeological or biblical evidence that there is a spiritual city under Lake Victoria for which a counterpart needs to be built above the waters. Number four, Dom Gonza claims to be able to bring world peace when the, people, the rest of the world recognize him as God, the Bible says that there is only one Christ. It's only Christ who is the Prince of Peace. And he's the one who will usher in everlasting peace to the world. Not Bambi Baba, not Mugonza. Number five, Mugonza says that the Bible is no longer relevant because its time has expired. But you know that the, the Bible says the Word of God lives forever. It's relevant until the end of time. Number six, 
Though Mugonza and his followers claim that Jesus Christ was relevant only to the Jews who lived on earth at the, at the same time with him, the Bible says that Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient for all human beings. Those who were there when he lived, and those of us who are born much longer after he's born. Number seven, the Bible does not teach that animals are, inhibit, are inhibited by souls of human beings who live before and are reincarnated as animals. The Bible teaches us that it is appointed for men to die once and after that it is judgment. Not being a born, born again over and over in the form of animals. Why are people attracted to Serenanda? What are some of the things that attract people to Serenanda? Number one, uh, Serenanda Spiritual Foundation appeals to people who have a deep spiritual hunger and are seeking for a new age experience. I've spent hours talking to members of this group and I've preached the gospel to them. The argument is we were once Christians. We are once baptized and confirmed and married in the church. But we never met Jesus. He was somebody we needed faith to believe in. But Mgonza, we know him. We've seen him. We've touched him. Christianity, it needed faith. But Mgonza is a spiritual experience. Because when we meditate, we see him in our spirit. And we live with him. So those who are frustrated by religious religion, which is just rites and rituals with no spiritual contact, with no faith, personal knowledge of Jesus Christ, are either attracted because Mugonza claims to be spiritual and he rests the people spiritually. Uh, number two, several and appeal to those who have been disillusioned by empty religious rites that are not based on a deep experience in the Christian work. Number three, Serenanda's appeal to those who have had a series of life catastrophes and are seeking for answers about the suffering in this world. They are told about the need to find a living master who will guide them back to the source, to God. The third group I want to talk about is uh, a cult started by prophetess Gwajwa Navasa of Sembamble. The light has shone. Gwajwa the light has shone. And Navasa means she is able. So the light has shone. She is able. That's the meaning of her, of her name. She became a renowned prophetess and healer starting in the late 1990s and the early 2000s when thousands of people gathered at her home. And they even camped there for months. Uh, wanting to hear from her, wanting to be prayed for, wanting to be touched as a healer. It started when, in 1996, she got a strange illness that wasn't responding to any medical treatment. So they tried giving her medicine and she instead became worse. One day, she fell in a coma and she was in a coma for four days. And her relative thought she had died. And they were preparing to go and bury her. And then she woke up. Or she resurrected. So they claim. 
When she resurrected, she told her brothers and sisters to go to a certain bush and get certain herbs. So they went, they got the herbs, they made, um, concocted them, she drank the herbs, and she got healed. Then she said, when she died, she made virtuosi gods. And these virtuosi gods sent her back as their medium to be able to help people with problems. And she said, those herbs which she sent for, that she got the knowledge from the virtuosi gods, you know, the spirit of the virtuosi who directed her to the source of, of medicine. And then, when this word spread around, those who were sick, they came, they told their neighbors, they told their friends, and soon there was this big following around her. She then built, uh, a, she built a shrine, which she calls uh, Irembo. Hundreds of hearts around in the center there is this uh, shrine, which she calls the, the Irembo, and that's where she operates. Now there are no chairs, there's only one chair, you know, for, for her, a traditional stool. There are skins of animals and drums around. People who have problems, uh, they come. At the gate of the big camp, you pay some money, there's an entrance fee to come into the camp. When you enter, before you enter the shrine, you pay some more money. You come, you tell her her problems. She prays for you. She sprinkles water on you. And then she says your problems will be solved. Sometimes if you are sick, she will give you herbs to take. The interesting thing about uh, Navasa is that she also uses the Bible. So on one side she has the Bible. On, the other, on one hand the Bible, the other hand she has herbs and spirits of the Batrezi. It sounds something that you can laugh about, but unfortunately many followers, some who are in high government places, senior army commanders, some government ministers, those who want to win elections next time, have all been going to see her. In fact, the Minister of Health was concerned because so many people gathering around that place, you could easily get an epidemic of diarrhea. And so they tried to close her camp. But some people in the government sent uh, army men to protect her for some time. A committee was set up by the Minister of Health to investigate. Do her hubs here and her powers here? And they came up with a report and they said, we've analyzed the chemicals in our herbs. And some of them have got healing ingredients. And so maybe they should later operate. So no conclusion has been made. But for us who are using the Bible and spiritual eyes, we know the sources of her powers. Um, some of her teachings and, and practices. Number one, she claims to be in touch and the medium of Batrezi demigods who I believe have inhabited and ruled parts of western Uganda, Rwanda, and Tanzania during the 15th century. Number two, <coughs> she claims to have received supernatural powers after she died and resurrected. Number three, she holds the Bible in one hand 
while dispensing herbs directed by, to her by virtuous spirits with the other. Number four, she regularly cleanses evil from her followers by sprinkling water mixed with herbs. Number five, at her camp during the night, people are told to gather in their clans and light fires. And she says that during the night, the spirits of the clans will come and solve all their problems or heal them or bless them. Number six, an entrance fee is required to enter her camp and more money has to be paid to meet her in her shrine. Number seven, charms, cigarettes, alcohol and guns are prohibited at the camps and are said to offend the spirits in her camp. The spirits there don't like guns, so they have to stay outside the gate, she says. Biblical appraisal, number one, the worship of other gods rather than God is prohibited by the Bible. So you can't worship God, the Mutrezi. That's not according to the Bible. Number two, consulting mediums is prohibited by the Bible. And yet Navasa says she's a medium of a Mutrezi gods. Number three, Using the Bible plus other rituals ordained by spirits is not scripture. You can't have the Bible plus something else. Number four, water that is mixed with herbs does not cleanse people of sins or protect them from evil. It's only faith in God that can do that. Number five, the spiritual gift of healing should not be used for enriching the one to whom it has been given. But um, somebody was analyzing uh, Navasa and her family. When they started, they were quite poor. But in the last few years, they bought lots of land, increased their herd of cattle, bought cars, all out of this spiritual power that was given to her. What attracts people, um, potential converts? People of hermetic pastoral background whose folklore links them with virtuous demigods are vulnerable to joining this group. 90% of the followers of Navasa are Bahima, are Batusi, they come all the way from Nyamlenge, those people who believe that uh, they are descendants of Batuesi are the ones who are most attracted uh, to this particular group. People with unexplained persistent diseases that defy Western medicine are likely to seek the supernatural powers that the Navasa claims to possess. So they go to the doctor, they don't get better. They go and see, uh, go to another clinic, they're not getting better. And then a relative says, Ah, you know, this type of disease, you need the intervention of Bachwezi. So they go to Navasa for healing. People who have undergone personal or family calamities or other crises. Are likely to seek her help. Uh, they think that this intervention, the intervention of, um, of the gods from a medium who claims to be in touch with the gods is the one that, is, that will heal you. So those are only three of the cards that we had time to look at, but there are quite many in Uganda. Thank you. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.